Welcome to Kingdom.Think. Today we're going through Leviticus 19.20, Psalms 56, and Luke 12. Now here, God is starting to get to the heart of it. So we, the beginning of Leviticus, because Leviticus is the law, right? So he's creating a new law for a new people. And we were talking about how to do things proper through ceremonies and that kind of thing. How to uh, get atonement for your sins, that, that process. Very, very procedural. Now he's getting into the heart of the matter. And he's, so it says, the Lord said to Moses, speak to the entire assembly by, of Israel and say to them, be holy because I, the Lord, your God am holy. So he's telling them now, this is my intention. The people must've thought, okay, you brought us into the desert. Now you're just trying to create these rules. They must've been a little confused. Like what's the big picture here? And God's giving them the big picture now. He said, look, I'm, you are to be holy because I am holy. And holy means set apart. You are going to be a people that are set apart. Each of you must respect your mother and your father, and you must observe the Sabbath. I am the Lord your God. Do not turn to idols or make metal gods for yourselves. I am the Lord your God. When you sacrifice a fellowship offering to the Lord, sacrifice it in such a way that you'll, it will be accepted on your behalf. So now he's going into specifics, and he's going to repeat the Ten Commandments as well because he talks about, you know, on on the third day, if you haven't eaten meat that you killed, throw it away because it'll rot, which is brilliant because yes, it'll rot. Okay, so then we go into verse 11. Do not steal, do not lie, do not deceive one another, do not swear falsely by my name, do not defraud, do not hold back, do not put stumbling blocks in front of the blind, do not perverse pervert justice, do not go spreading slander, do not do anything in, to endanger your neighbor's life, um, do not hate your fellow Israelite, do not seek revenge or bear grudge, do not mate different kinds of animals, do not plant fields with two kinds of seeds, do not wear clothing woven two kinds of material. So it's a lot of do's, nots. Do not eat any meat with the blood still in it, do not practice divination, do not cut the hair off the side of the head. So then you might almost wonder, okay, some of these sound really appropriate and some of them don't really apply to us today. So how does that work? Well, some of them just make common sense. Some of them are just principles that will make life absolutely better. Okay. Yeah. You shouldn't eat the meat three days after because it's bad now. It'll make you sick. You shouldn't, um, kill or steal, but maybe it's okay if you cut the, do not cut your body. No. Um, oh, it says, do not get a tattoo. Well, maybe it's okay to get a tattoo. Well, maybe it's okay to cut your hair on the sides of your head. So maybe, why is that? Some principles still apply because they just make common sense. Some of them all of them actually have been redeemed. When Jesus died on the cross, we didn't have to follow these laws anymore. We didn't have to, they weren't the law to get to God anymore because now we, we had God in us. We had Jesus in us and the Holy Spirit living in us and we can be forgiven and we didn't have to do all these rituals anymore. But some of them just make common sense because they're principles and you'll just have to distinguish what those are. But they're pretty obvious. And it's a good way to live, basically. So then we move on to chapter 20, where he teaches um, punishment for the sin, how to um, 
yeah, how to fulfill punishment. And it just kind of goes on. You should probably read this one. Um, basically, he's still trying to tell them, can you just live the way I'm explaining it to you? Because I want you to be set apart from the nations to be my own. <laughs> the last verse, what does it say? A man or a woman who is a medium or a spiritualist among you must be put to death. You are to stone them. Their blood will be on their own heads. I don't know why that one just popped out. There's a lot of scriptures like that in this chapter. So I highly recommend you just go and read it. Some of them will appeal to you. Some of them might offend you or rub you the wrong way. That's okay. Just let it speak to your soul and you'll get, you'll get insight just by reading it. You'll get insight. But remember, these are the laws of the old times. Once Jesus died on the cross, um, they didn't totally apply to us other than the fact that they're principles. So they're common sense and they make life work correctly. So moving on to Psalms 56. Again, David is still distressed. And I'm going to read a little bit. Be merciful to me, my God, for my enemies are in hot pursuit. All day long they press their attack. My adversaries pursue me all day long in their pride. Many are attacking me. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you in God, in God whose word I praise. In God I trust and I am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me all day long? They twist my words. All their schemes are for my ruin. They conspire. They lurk. They watch my steps, hoping to take my life. Because of their wickedness, do not let them escape in your anger, God. Bring the nations down. Record my misery. List my tears on your scroll. So he's going on and on, being very clear with God. I am under the vows to you, my God. I will present my thank, off thank offerings to you, for you have delivered me from death and my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. Again, this is how he's teaching us to pray. He's pouring out his heart to God. He's being truthful. He's being transparent. He's not holding up a mask. He's not trying to act like he's just got it all together. He's being transparent with God, dumping it out, and then saying the words that he's got faith, he has trust that God's going to rescue him. And then he says, I'm going to give thanks before it happens. And that's how we are to pray, to give thanks. When we pray for something, give thanks, um, knowing and having faith that it's going to happen. So there's a lot in Luke 12. And I'm not going to go over all of it because there's lots of different things. Um, but verse... The very at the beginning, maybe this is verse two or something. Be on your guard against actually verse one still. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Straight out of the gate, he says, Be careful of the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Yeast representing something that can get into something and just grow. Because yeast is a fungus, and when you put it in dough, it just travels around and expands. And, and that's what sin can do. That's what hypocrisy can do. So he's just saying that. Okay. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. Oh, I pray, 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 pray that happens soon. Because in this day and age, there's still a lot that is hidden that needs to come out. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight. And what you have whispered in the ear of the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. That's why I always tell my family, don't say things to people that you wouldn't want announced over the loudspeaker. 
So be careful. Choose the words that come out of your mouth. Um, let's see. Moving down on chapter 12, I like this part where Jesus is just trying to tell the people how important they are. And he said that the very hairs of our head are, are numbered. So God knows us and loves us so much. You are so special to him that he knows the numbers of hairs you have on your head. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many, many sparrows, many birds. So when we say that God loves you, when we say that you are special, this is Jesus. So Jesus is saying the truth. So if he just said, you are so special, way more special than many, many birds, many sparrows, and that you're so special that God knows the numbers of hairs you have on your head. That's so good. Um, then he goes in, still warning them though. He says, he says, I tell you, whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the son of man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But whoever disowns me before others will be disowned before the angels of God. Very clear, very specific. Those who deny Jesus will be disowned before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks the word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But anyone who blasphemies against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Which is really interesting because if you notice in our day and age, people swear like they use God's name when they swear. They even use Jesus's name when they swear, but they don't say the Holy Spirit in a swear word. Isn't that interesting? Like people haven't gone that far. They might say like, holy cow, which when I was a kid, my mom said, don't say that. I get it now. I didn't then. But to actually say the Holy Spirit followed with a swear word. I don't think I've ever heard that. It's never been done. So... Amazing, right? And it says, that will not be forgiven. Okay. So then he moves and he's just teaching. Chapter 12, he's just teaching and teaching. He's telling people what? Um, about not worrying. Who of you worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? He says, don't worry, don't worry, don't allow that. So everything we know now about stress and about um, uh, vibrations and energy and worrying is just such a low vibration. It just wears you down, weakens you. And Jesus is saying right here, don't do it. It's not healthy for you. It doesn't add extra time to your life. If anything, it cuts your life short. Don't worry. And yet so many Christians do worry. I don't know if they just skip over this verse or they didn't know how to tackle it. Um, moving down to verse 31, but seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. So he's basically continuing to tell them, don't worry about the food. Don't worry about your clothing. Um, look how beautiful he sets up the flowers. Don't you think he's going to do more for you? That doesn't mean not work and not, have clothes and just expect God to just make them appear. But he's saying, God's going to bless you. Do your due diligence. We already know that we've been given a mandate to be on this earth and to create and to work diligently. And then God's just going to bless you. He's saying, don't get caught up in worldly possessions that God's going to provide. Okay. Um, verse 34 is that classic verse 
for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So he's talking about material possessions here. Some people misconstrue it thinking that he's saying that you should be poor, that you should just sell all your stuff. But no, God's always looking at the heart posture. You are the son and the daughter of a king. God wants you to be blessed. He doesn't care if you have a mansion or live in an RV. He doesn't care if you're living in a tent. He wants to know your heart posture, first and foremost. And um, he's also talking, Jesus is talking on verse 40, you must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect. So as you can see, chapter 12 has so much gold in it. Um, I really hope you go back and read this one. And I'm, because I'm just jumping, like, big chunks. This is a big chapter. So moving down to verse 48, towards the end, it says, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much will be asked. So you've been given gifts and God wants you to use those gifts to what? Why are we on this earth? To further the kingdom, to share the gospel. And if your gift is like accounting, then he wants you to bless people with your accounting skills. And if that opportunity comes up to share the gospel, then share the gospel. Don't be ashamed. God wants you to use your gifts, um, which is very cool. Okay. You know, moving down to verse 49, it seems like God, Jesus is saying, hey, there's going to be division I came to bring division. That's what it sounds like. But what he's really saying is, I came here and some people will ch choose to believe the gospel. Some people will choose Jesus and some people will not. And that could be someone in your family. And some people in your family may have eternal life and some people may not. And that's the facts of life. So that's why uh, sharing the gospel is so important. And sharing love, loving people, so that you make being a Jesus follower very attractive. So that there's less division and more unity. But Jesus is basically saying, it's going to be a lot of people who don't accept. Woof, that was a lot. And at the end of verse 12, he's talking about, recognize the times that you're living in. Recognize the culture, recognize the changes. And he was telling the people, you can recognize the weather, but you can't recognize what's going on in society. Wake up, people. Pay attention. That is the end of chapter 12. That was a lot to unpack. And this was Kingdom.Think. We covered Leviticus um, 1920, Luke 12, and Psalms 56. This was a big one. But that's okay. Because this is your little flavor of the Bible. And um, I hope you got great enjoyment out of this. And you go back and read it. There was so much to unpack. Um, there you go. Have a great day.